following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, uh, I guess some uh, good news for KU football today. At least the fans are reacting in a positive way. And also some good news for K-State basketball was just confirmed uh, by Kellis Robinette uh, when it comes to uh, Naquan Tomlin, uh, what he's dealing with right now, and uh, you know potentially his return uh, to K-State basketball probably after uh, the team's trip to the Bahamas. Got to take care of business. And then, yeah. Well, welcome to the game. Let's just get the intro done right now because we got a lot to get to today. Mitch Fortner alongside David G and Travion Berkland. No uh, Troy today. He's got the sniffles. Ooh. So he's going to sit this one out. Um, coming up here in this first hour, we will, uh, we're going to try to do a lot of stuff today. Uh, Mitch Palm against Providence for K-State Hoops tomorrow afternoon against the Friars of Providence. Uh, Jeff Mitty and K-State women's basketball will face Caitlin Clark and number two Iowa tonight, 730 on FS1. But of course, coverage beginning at seven on our sister station, uh, sunny 102.5. That's a huge game. K-State women beat them last year in Bramlage. Now it's the return game. And I believe DraftKings is offering a line on this. I heard it's 15 and a half in favor of Iowa. Mm. So if you have DraftKings, you can go bet on tonight's K-State women's basketball game. Uh, I haven't checked any of the other uh, apps to see if there's a line, but I heard there's DraftKings, so good for uh, good for them. <laughs> uh, recognizing some lines for uh, for women's basketball. What do you think? <laughs> Is that going to be Mitch in Vegas? I don't think <laughs> no. I no Mitch, uh, no basketball in Mitch in Vegas. Although that's that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, fifteen and a half. Uh, I, you know, I, I truly think this KSA women's basketball team is a top twenty-five team. But Iowa might be the. I think they are the best team in the country. I know they're not number two, but I do think they are the best team in the country. So, and now KSA has is going to their house, right? And I, whatever the place is called in Iowa City, sold out. Oh boy, they sold out all their games at Iowa. So, Ooh. yeah, it's gonna be a crazy environment. Um. But it's really cool that it's going to be nationally televised, FS1. Yeah. Uh, great opportunity for K-State national exposure. Really, the last time K-State really had that true national exposure was two years ago when Aoka Lee scored 61 against Oklahoma. That was on ESPNU. Uh, but tonight's game on FS1. So uh, definitely going to be watching that very closely. We're going to hear from Jeff Mitty at around 440. Got to talk to him earlier this week along with others in the media. Just about uh, K-State's recent win against Little Rock in dominant fashion and tonight against Iowa. Hour number two will feature Curry Sexton and Mitch in Vegas, of course. Nothing is going to change in hour number two like we have had all football season long. I'm going to ask Curry about, I need the lawyer take on hmm. what the Big 12 decided to do. And they said they clarified, but really it's a rule change. Uh-huh. What does a lawyer think about all of that? Plus uh, Curry's take on K-State KU on Saturday, which we are now less than 50 hours away. Kicking off at 6 o'clock on Saturday from a sold-out booth in Lawrence, and it's the second only top 25 matchup ever between K-State and KU. The first was in 1995, and 
while the Wildcats slaughtered number six KU back uh, in Manhattan back in 1995. All right, so let's get to the good news. Um, Naquan Tomlin, KSA Hoops, uh, his diversion has gone through. He has been granted diversion for his um, disorderly conduct charge after uh, getting a little bit of a tussle in Aggieville a few weeks back. He has not played. He's not even been on the bench for the team. He has been suspended indefinitely. Does this mean he's coming back soon? I you know, I can't tell you, but this is um, a step towards in that direction, I would assume. As the coaching staff, you know, they've never really gotten to too much detail about all this. They've you know, at one point Coach Tang said, I don't even know if Naquan's gonna even be coming back. Uh, but after that, really we don't have any signs of when Naquan could come back. Uh, he's not gonna be with the team playing in the Bahamas. I'm pretty sure of that. So we'll just have to wait and see when the coaches decide that this is good enough. Learned his lesson, maybe. Uh, ready to come back and be a part of the team. That's that's up to them. So that's really all we can say right now. Now, the good news that KU football and KU fans learned earlier today, I even got the audio for you, is this. I'm going to be blunt. This season didn't go as planned. But life comes at you fast, and sometimes your story's out of your control. But I guess that just means I have unfinished business. My dreams haven't changed. My goals are still there, and my vision for my future is clear. So you want something to talk about? Talk about this. I'm not done yet, and I'm not going anywhere. Rock Chalk. That's JD6. That is Jalen Daniels who's been the starting quarterback for KU the last two years but has not played a full season yet due to injury in the last couple of years. This one, this year is a back injury, so we've we've been told. Um, but Jalen Daniels announcing on social media today that he is returning to KU for another year of eligibility, which honestly, I will admit, I am surprised. Mm-hmm. This My surprise has nothing to do with what you know Derek Young was saying on his own platform or anything, which was he was, I guess, hinting at that Jalen Daniels it's he had heard that uh planning into the transfer portal. I don't want to put words in DY's mouth or anything, but I you know, Derek got a lot of uh heat for that, and I'm sure his uh, mentions are uh, or his uh his Twitter account's blowing up right now. It's whatever, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for KU fans. I you know, they're ha- very happy about this. They nobody believes in Jalen Daniels more than, of course, KU fans in the coaching staff. Um, you know. Heading into Saturday, I, I'm actually I'm nervous. I really am. I, I, you know, I've I've been thinking about this game for a calendar year now. It's a big game, top twenty five matchup. Um, it's in Lawrence. It's sold out. I mean, even though K State has won fourteen straight, it's I'm, you know I'm not naive. I know how good mm-hmm. KU football is now. They're much better than they were two years ago. The last time K State played in Lawrence and completely thumped the Jayhawks in Lance Leipold's first year. And he was hired very late in the process because of the of uh, KU letting Les Miles go. I, I'm well aware that KU is a much better team and they need to be taken seriously. J- you know, K-State's played Jalen Daniels now three, I think it's three times now, and Jalen's never beaten K-State, of course. You know, I, and I've said this before, Heading into this game, I think I'd be more nervous about Jason Bean playing than Jalen Daniels, even though Jalen Daniels is a better athlete. Mm-hmm. But we've learned over the last couple of years that Jason Bean has been the bigger winner for KU. 
he has done a better job in conference play than Jalen Daniels. And I had said yesterday that I'm still surprised Jalen Daniels is still the face of the program the way he is. He is believed to be the best athlete KU has had in such a long time, and that's great. But the reason I'm nervous is because potentially Jason Bean could play. He did lead KU to an upset win over Oklahoma. He's been more of a winner than Jalen Daniels. As a matter of fact, you know Jalen has been playing football a considerable amount the last five years. Mm-hmm. He's only played three games this year and has not. He only played one Big Twelve game and went, you know, one and zero. But Jalen over the five years has only won four Big Twelve games. He's lost thirteen over the last two years as a backup to Jalen Daniels. Jason Bean has won four games in the last two years against conference opponents. And Jalen Daniels has played a whole lot more considerable, you know, when it comes to meaningful snaps and starting games than Jason Bean. So I'll let you, uh, and DJ, if you got anything to say, I'll let you go here in, in just a second. But, uh, you know, KU fans are ecstatic about this. I'm just here to say that KU better have a backup plan next year. Because I think Jason Bean's eligibility is is over after this year. I may need to go double check that, but I think it is. Jalen Daniels has been injury prone the last couple of years. At least that's what we've been told. He missed four, I think, four or five games last year because of an injury uh, in the TCU game, and then all of a sudden he wasn't available for Texas, and he's not playing for the rest of the year. So there needs to be a backup plan if you're Kansas. I don't, I don't know if Cole Ballard is that guy, but who knows? I think we'll find out tomorrow. Um, Jason Bean. Um, after like after watching his reaction from you know like bopping his head pretty good, uh, he shouldn't play. He looked you know he had the uh, the fencing position and he couldn't walk well. I mean he really I don't did did he pass like their no idea no idea. It's kind of gamesmanship right now with Kansas yeah. where we were told one thing about Jason Bean. This was a couple of days ago that he had practiced and Leipold has optimism that. It'll be Jason Bean, but then we heard that, well, now they're fully expected to go forward with uh, Cole Ballard. You know, it's just it's a lot of gamesmanship. They're not going to announce who the quarterback is going to be. It's They're going to keep it a secret until it's game time in Lawrence. Right. Um, either way, you know, yeah, they're, they're better. They've been better. Um, I'm more worried K-State's depth at linebacker concerns me big time. Um I'm wondering what uh, with KU their uh, ability to throw so many different things at you on offense. I'm really hoping this defense can stand up to that. Um, no matter who the quarterback is, that guy upstairs is good. The guy, the, their coordinator is amazing, and that offense when it gets going, they they hum for sure. Um, I still think. Even though it's a, this game is a lot different than the last ten, I mean it's a lot different than the last two. Like you said, um, I still think we take care of business for sure. I don't know. I don't. It won't be a fifty-six to nothing kind of you know old school K State KU. Uh, I still think we take care of business. We are tough. You know, like you think about what they look at on the other from the other perspective. Like um, Will Howard's playing really well. 
DJ Giddens is a real problem. He's going to be a problem for them big time. Our receivers are starting to come together. I mean, Phillip Brooks is on a tear. I, ben Sennett is Ben Sennett. I think it's going to be tough for them. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think at the end of the day, K-State's going to take care of business. And I hope you're right. I, I think where my worry, my nervousness comes from is, so far this year, the bugaboo has been winning the big one on the road. Mm-hmm. I understand K-State beat Texas Tech. You know, I And I, that was a game heading into the year. I was nervous about. The only reason I was nervous about the, when the K-State finally played that game in Lubbock was because, well, they had tried twice to beat two really good teams on the road and failed. I was worried about another failure on the road. They got it done, but it wasn't because of Will Howard. It was because of Avery Johnson running the football, and ever since that game, it just hadn't been quite the same mm-hmm. uh, with Avery. But ever since then, Will Howard has been playing his best football, and I think he has been getting better. I mentioned uh, you know we – well, kind of tell you how the sausage made. We did Power Cat Game Day earlier today. Mm-hmm. This Jalen Daniels completely derailed that, by the way. But um, we we talked about, um, at least I did, that I think the biggest challenge in this game is Will Howard getting that big road win mm-hmm. and, and, and playing against the pressure. I think a quick start is very necessary because, uh, boy, the last thing you want is the KU fans in, into it. And you don't want a back-and-forth game throughout the first three quarters, and then it's a grind to win it in the fourth. That's going to be one of the toughest games to watch if that happens. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a nervous wreck. I can barely watch. Please pull this out type of game. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a fan, I don't want to go through that, especially being there. Uh, So... um, but you know that's what Will's got to do. He's got to go out there and win the first big one on the road. K-State has lost to Mizzou. They had a chance to win. Lost to uh, Oklahoma State, but they had a chance. They absolutely had a chance. Lost to Texas. They had a chance. And it didn't come through. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it came down to the wire for all three games. That's the one hurdle they have yet to jump over, win the tough game on the road. And it hasn't happened yet, with the exception of Texas Tech. That's where I get nervous because it's still something the team is looking to prove is win the big one against a really good top twenty-five team on the road. Yeah, I think I think Will Howard feels the same way. Um, you know, he said it in that li- that little video they had of uh, people congratulating him on setting the record um, last week, and um, you know, he got emotional. And he said he said just that you know that for everything that he's been through here, it's really you know nice to broke the record and you know, um, I think he knows that, and I I hope he doesn't press. I hope he just lets puts the ball in his playmaker's hands, does his thing, and doesn't press too hard and and, and put himself in bad situations. If there was ever a game where you could shut everybody up, shut them all up, it's this one. And I, I, I know that Big Bill Howard is a winner, man. I know that. And I'm tired of I'm tired of doubting him too. I I'm gonna go into this game feeling good and feeling like he's gonna continue this run that he's on. He's motivated. And the rest of the team is motivated for him. They want this for him. Um, like I said, my thing is just more that defense. I, I I'm I believe in them as well. It's just they're thin. They are very thin at some key positions. And I hope that uh, 
that defense can rally around themselves because I do think this is going to be a back and forth heavyweight championship fight. It's going to be the real deal all game long. You better strap it up, man. K-State is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite heading into Lawrence. We will pick that game plus five others in Mitch in Vegas in hour number two. Plus, we'll be joined to kick off hour number two by Curry Sexton. But when we come back, we shift directions to K-State hoops. In a little while, we'll have Jeff Mitty to talk about Caitlin Clark and number two Iowa, that game tonight in Iowa City. But coming up next, we'll do a segment on K-State men's hoops. They open up Bahamas play tomorrow against Providence. Mitch Palm is coming up next. Big thanks to Troy for recording that uh, game sports update for us. Um, he mentioned the uh, K-State women against Iowa tonight, number two Iowa in Iowa City. Remember last year, I mean, I was at that game sitting behind the scores table uh, after the men played, and uh, K-State won that game by one point. Came down to the final play. There was a foul called on the final shot attempt by Iowa. Oh, yeah. And it was just a bit late, just before the buzzers. Uh, or just after the buzzers when the foul occurred, so it was waved off in K-State, led by uh, one point, and then they won the game, of course. People forget, K-State played the next day. Whoa. They played the next day after beating number 4 Iowa at the time, Caitlin Clark in Iowa. After beating them, they played, I think it was Rio Grande Valley <laughs> the next day. Jeez. The very next day. Uh, did they whip them pretty good? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So no hangover whatsoever. Women's team was like, yeah, we'll take care of business. It is a 7.30 tip-off for the K-State women who are uh, number 27 unofficially because of the uh, they're not in the top 25. I guess you could say officially, but they're not in the top 25. They're number 27 according to the votes. Iowa, number two in the nation. Uh, both teams are undefeated. Speaking of hoops, K-State men are playing tomorrow against Providence. Uh-oh. In the Bahamar Hoops, Bahamas Championship in Nassau, Bahamas this week. Providence 3-0, the Cats 2-1. I need to get this prediction in. Here we go, Trey. Let's fire it up. Ah. Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction. Cats... Friars of Providence. First of all, advantage Providence right out of the gate just with their mascot. <laughs> a friar uh, is basically a monk. Uh-huh. Um, and this monk looking, I don't know. It's like, it, it almost seems like half monk, but it has the shape of a zombie. It does. They, just a big zombie. They sleeked him up, though, because like regular monks, they always got like pot bellies, you know, and the yeah. weird haircuts. Bald. Yeah. yeah. But then around, they got the hair around. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, this might be, to me, the scariest uh, mascot out there. So advantage Providence right out of the gate. <laughs> I remember because uh, so Providence was in the same regional as K-State was in the NCAA tournament last year in That's Greensboro. Right. And I was there. Um, if Providence would have beat Kentucky, they meet up in the second round because K-State beat Montana State. But nope, the Friars lost, I think, by eight points to Kentucky in that opening round game. Uh, let's take a look at the series history. Only one meeting all time. K-State leads it one nothing. Their previous meeting, first round of the 1977 NCAA tournament in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> Cats won 87-80. to now, however, this will be K-State's first tournament in the Bahamas. Cats have lost four in a row oh. to the Big East. Oh. 
Last win coming against Marcus Foster and Creighton in the 2018 NCAA tournament. Cats went to the uh, Elite Eight that year. Mm-hmm. Spanked them. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the Providence Friars. They're under first-year head coach, and you'll recognize this name, DG, Kim English. Oh, Played four years at Mizzou. He was a, uh, a shooting guard. That's right. And then their guy, their guy left for Georgetown. So, you know. So, Ed, was it Georgetown? Yeah, Ed Cooley. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, the Friars are 3-0. Wins over Columbia, Milwaukee, and Wisconsin. That Wisconsin win was impressive, 72-59. However, advantage Cats because during Kim English playing days, K-State was 5-3 and three against yeah, him. Yeah, we, we got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Providence picked to finish seventh in the preseason Big East poll as they returned seven lettermen, three starters. Team that went 21 and 12 last year, again made it to the NCAA tournament, but lost in the first round. I've actually, you know, kind of watching some of their film and taking a look at their numbers, I've actually been more impressed with their defense um, than their offense. Right now, in field goal percentage, they rank 17th in the nation, only giving up 33.5% from teams from the field. They have been guarding the three well as a uh, three point line well as well, twenty two point two percent against that Friars defense. And by the way, they're averaging seven blocks a game. Wow! Through three games, jeez, who's back there, man? It's kind of everybody ah. has, has kind of had a hand in in their blocks, but they're swatting. They're playing yeah. above the rim. Jeez, now. So you heard those defensive numbers. Right now, K-State shooting 29 threes a game. We talked about just, I brought up the number, 22% three-point defense by the Friars. K-State shooting 38%. Shooting 29 threes a game. That's a lot of threes. And it's been much better since the USC game, especially against um, this past Monday against South Dakota State. It's been much better. But it's all about can K-State get the open shots they're looking for. If K-State can get open shots, they could potentially have a hot night. We know this team can score the basketball. It's just, can it be at a good percentage? Can they get hot? Providence will not have a chance, in my opinion. Uh, but Providence is pretty good on defense so far. Providence offensively is averaging 76 points a game on about 48% shooting. They are 33.3%, so they're making a third of their threes a game. I mean, that's okay. It's about average, maybe right around average. But they do shoot quite a bit themselves. They're averaging eight makes per game. Mm. So, they can be a little bit of a problem, too. We'll see. Uh, but that's just a heads up on their three-point shooting. A couple of players that stand out to me about Providence. I'm going to start with their 6'3 junior guard in Devin Carter. Uh, right now, he's one of four players to lead him in, in double digits in scoring so far, but he's their lead scorer at 16 points a game. He's shooting 44% from three-point range. Heading into or last year, he was honorable mention all Big East. He scored 21 points in their last game against Wisconsin mm. in their biggest game of the year so far. So he has been getting better as the season has gone along, and he stepped up in their biggest game yet. So he's a leader of this team. Scoring 21 points against Wisconsin, the eighth time in his career he has scored 20-plus points. Now, Arthur Kaluma, does he play against Providence? I think if he if he plays, this is going to be a matchup that'll be very interesting because he'll be guarding Bryce Hopkins. Hopkins is a five seven junior forward who averaged thirteen point seven rebounds a game last year. Heading into the preseason, heading into the year, he was a preseason All American by a couple of uh, media outlets. So that's something to watch. There, he's a former transfer from Kentucky, um, and. Uh, 
Last year averaged 16 points, 10 rebounds a game. So far, he's averaging 13.7 rebounds a game. Last year was 16 and 9, so you can kind Jeez. of understand the All American status. He is coming off a 14.10 rebound game, his 11th career double double uh, to begin the year, I should say, against Columbia back on the 6th. He doesn't have much range, but he can wreak havoc inside the yard. He's just not much of a three-point shooter. Not a high percentage at all, but he'll shoot one or two a game. All right, a couple of keys. Uh, before I get to my keys, though, I want to bring up one key part of Mitch Palm. Determining how I'm going to predict this final score. we got to look at Providence Famous Alumni. Yeah! Here we go. My first Famous Alumni is Frank Caprio. Judge Frank Caprio. He is the chief judge of Providence Municipal Court. And, oh. and he also has a TV show called Caught in Providence. Oh, no. Okay. Have you ever seen that? Is he an older guy? Yes. Like he's he's got, in his 80s. Yeah. And it's highly scripted. Like You think yeah, so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing is like people come in with their parking tickets or their yeah. speeding tickets or they ran a stop sign. They review the whole thing. The, the whole kind of catch about the show is... He's he's a real big sweetheart at times. Yeah, yeah. And he makes it fun. Right. They go, "Hey, uh your honor, my brother was uh was he was distracting me cuz he said he was going to the Providence K-State game and I, yeah. And then he like sometimes he's uh, tough. He can be. He's tough. And then sometimes he's real sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're poor, you have your you're actually it's a home game. Yeah. If you come in there with like two cents in your bank account, yeah. he gives you these big breaks. And yeah. Stuff. He's like, go ahead and here, here's five hundred dollars. Um, our next is our next uh, rather famous alumni for Providence is Doris Burke. Oh, really? Now, I a lot of people don't like her play by play when she does college football or whatever. I like her. I'm not the biggest fan of the sound of her voice. I, I don't want to be sound like a jerk or anything. Sure. Just you know. Sure. Uh, but I re- actually I really like her play. I think she does a great job as play by play. I think fantastic. she does great on on basketball games too. But props to her because she's actually the all time leader in assists at Providence. Dang. She still is the all time leader Handing out in women's dimes. basketball. Yeah. Wow. So shout out to Doris Burke. And then finally, um, we go with a film director here, Peter Fairley. He's one half of the Fairley brothers. Oh no! Along with his brother Bobby. They either wrote or directed or both movies like Dumb and Dumber. That was their first movie. Oh, God. Kingpin. There's something about Mary. Me, Myself, and Irene. Shallow How, Fever Pitch, which I just watched the other night. The Heartbreak Kid. Hall Pass. Hall Pass is a great movie if you've never seen it. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis and Owen Wilson. Great movie. Great movie. Dude, that's like a... That's a hit. That's a big hit. one. Oh boy! So famous alumni, pretty impressive for for, for Providence. Now, oh a couple of keys for me in this game. One of them's fast break points. Providence over the last two games have not given up a single fast break point. Wow. K State wants to play fast. After a bucket or even a miss, they want to push it and get in transition. If they make a play on defense, they're in transition. They're going to beat you down the floor. K State averaging 14 points per game in fast break. They had 17 against South Dakota State. If K-State can play at their tempo, watch out. Mm. Also, turnovers is another thing. I think this comes down to who plays a cleaner game. Both teams are averaging 16 turnovers a game. That's too many. Mm. That right now, even though it's early in the season, is bottom 50 in the nation. Mm. And there's like 330 teams. Damn. That's got to be cleaned up for both teams. K 
does K-State play a cleaner basketball game than Providence? I think that's a big factor as well. After all that's said and done, I've done the calculations. I've mixed the potions. Yeah. I've even sipped on a little myself. You know, take the edge off. Nice. Ken Palm says 54%. Cats get it done 73-72. Oh, I'm going to go with K-State's experience. They're a little bit more experienced, even though it's a bunch of new pieces. Sure. K-State is the more experienced team. I'm going to go actually a 60% chance that the Cats get it done. Final score, Mm 74-69. Cats with free throws get it to two scores, and they lock it up to play either Georgia or Miami Mm -hmm. in the championship game in the Bahamas. And that's a lead pipe lock because that's Mitch Palm. It so, is. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck saying that's not going to happen. All right, we take a break, and when we come back, we turn our direction, or our attention rather, to K State women's basketball against number two Iowa tonight. Caught up with Jeff Mitty earlier this week. You'll hear that interview uh, played back when we come back on the game. All right, we're back in the game. We're going to hear from Jeff Mitty, who spoke to me and a couple of others in the media uh, a couple of days ago, previewing Iowa, who the K-State women play tonight. Number two, Iowa, Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes will host K-State at 7.30, the game nationally televised on FS1. Now, K-State is actually coming off a nice win over Little Rock. It was back on Saturday, 77-39 to keep... Their season undefeated on the year. Aoka Lee, her 50th career double-double. 50th career double-double of 32 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, and just a little over 20 minutes. Actually, uh, yeah, a little over 20 minutes in the game. Yeah, it was a dominant win for K-State. They used a 22-3 run to pull away and hold on for a... Uh, a big win, but now it gets much bigger. It's on a national stage. You're taking on the national runner-up and one of the best women's basketball players of all time in Caitlin Clark. We first lead it off with a recap talking about the Little Rock game. Here's uh, myself with a couple of others talking to K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. How'd it go in Little Rock? Yeah, I thought we played well. Um, did some really good things defensively. I thought uh, everybody that uh, came into the game, I thought, played well. Offensively, li- liked our ball movement, uh, starting to see some things come together there as well. So all in all, I thought it was a good performance. I mean, anytime you do what we did on the road, we stepped on them early, uh, take a big halftime lead. Uh, I thought we came out after halftime, played solid. So, uh, yeah, pleased overall. Yoki had a big day. Maybe there was a little bit of a size advantage, but was the uh, the timing that you wanted to see, was it a little bit better against Little Rock? Yeah, I think everything that um, you would want to continue to get better did. I referenced the ball movement, but the timing of when she got the passes was very good. Um, I thought she... Um, had excellent timing in her post-ups. Um, you know, I, I'll say this, uh, Little Rock traditionally uh, has been a very good defensive team. And so we thought going into that game that they would be very disruptive. Their guards can get up into you. And I, I thought our group handled that very well. You know, so the three-point shooting wasn't great. Was that because of their defense or were you getting the shots you wanted? I love the shots we were getting. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, we just didn't shoot it very well. Um, no, I love the shots we were getting. It's the best we've moved the basketball Probably in in a month or so, it looked like uh, it looked like our group was um, yeah connected. And you know we talked about this a, a while ago. 
when you're playing as many players as we're playing, that's just going to take some time. And, um, you know, it was good to see them uh, play, play better over the course of a 40-minute game. Potentially your first of two games against Iowa uh, in this non-con. So I guess is there anything different? about them this year than they were last year team that went to the national championship game well i think uh well, a couple things are definitely different they've got a confidence about them after playing in the national championship game that was different at this time a year ago you know they were trying to get to their trying to get to that level now they've got that confidence that they can and they have um the other thing is is that they lost a really good post player in Sonano, but they replaced her with Stolke, who is really putting more pressure on the rim in transition. She's a terrific runner. Uh, she gets to the rim way faster than they got to the rim a year ago, so their transition pace is actually better than it was a year ago. And they've always been a team that plays fast in transition, but um, the, this team is really, really good in transition. Is it easy to, easy to play defense on Caitlin Clark? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. We were just watching <laughs> a lot of that. No, she's a, a amazing uh, talent, scores it so many different ways, puts you in difficult decisions every time down the floor. How are you going to defend this? How are you going to defend that? Um, no, she's, um, she's, a, she's obviously one of the top two or three players to ever play the game uh, at the college level and uh, is playing at a high, high level. From your first two games, what are some of the things you want to see out of your team kind of improve, some of the challenges that Iowa faces you guys? Well, the first couple of games here, we've played teams at uh, slow pace. Uh, that It's going to be vastly different on Thursday night. You're, you're talking about... Um, Iowa, who's going to be in the top 5% of transition points versus teams that we just played that, that really don't push the basketball at all. So I really want to see our transition D, and I want to see uh, how quickly we can get organized. Um, rebounding is still a big concern. We're, we're, we're not rebounding as well. And, and we out-rebounded Little Rock, but I'm looking at the numbers of where we've got to get more rebounding from different players. And so we've got to see that improvement. And then offensively, I, th I think the, 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 the thing that we've got to continue to get better at is our guards got to continue to understand the why of what we're doing. And, and we see good stretches, but we're still seeing lapses in practice of where we've got to understand those things better. I don't know what the rest of the schedule looks like on Thursday for TV, but you get an FS1 game at a, at a really good time. I mean, does that, is that something you look forward to, being able to showcase your team, national level against a ranked opponent on the road? Chance to, I guess, prove yourselves to a lot of people across the world. Well, I think this. I think, yeah, anytime you get a national televised game is, is always good. It's good for our program. It's good for, uh, it's good for the Big 12. It's good for, it's good for our players. Um, it, it'll be a heck of a, a, a challenge uh, at Iowa. We know the challenge. I mean, and, and obviously with us beating them a year ago, we're not sneaking up on that. Um, so we're going in. They've, their fan base really responded to their run to the championship game. Uh, they've sold out every game for, for the entire year this year, so that'll be a great atmosphere. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's, a, it's a game that we've had um, circled on our calendar for a long time, right? Anytime, especially after they go to the championship game last year. So uh, I'm sure they've had it circled as well. Um, they, um, they have aspirations of a national championship, all right? We have aspirations to have the best year we've ever had. So um, 
should be a great matchup on Thursday. Once again, that's K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. The Cats at number two Iowa tipping off at 7.30. It's televised on FS1, but of course, pregame coverage will begin at 7. All right, we take our last break of the first hour. When we come back, uh, you know, I I got a documentary recommendation for everybody. Ooh. I don't give those too often. That's coming up next. Stick around. So does everybody remember this character by the name of Chief Saholic? I will never forget Chief Saholic. Xavier Babador, who dressed up in all wolf costume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a Chiefs fan that was always front row, home or away. And it turns out to fund all these trips, he's been robbing banks, and he robbed one uh. in Tulsa. He got caught, was arrested, bailed out. And skipped bond, cut off the ankle bracelet. He's on the run, and while he's on the run, he's robbing multiple banks in the in the uh, in the Midwest. Can't stop, won't stop. Watching it in casinos, and uh, he finally got caught after like five months on the run. Damn! Believe it or not, there is a documentary coming out about him on Monday. Whoa! ESPN Plus is going to debut a. Uh, it's called an SC feature called Werewolf, the search for Chief Saholic, and it's spelled W-H-E-R-E-W-O-L-F. I Werewolf. see what they did there. Dude, that's awesome. I can't wait. Well, I'm like, isn't it a little too soon, though? I mean, are we getting this in multiple parts? Because he hasn't even gone to trial yet. Yeah, we need part two. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be a part. Well, in, in the you can find a trailer of it on ESP or you know ESPN or um, on Twitter, or whatever social media, and they're talking to his you know lawyer. And like, is your client innocent? He's like, I believe my client is innocent until proven guilty. This guy's guilty as hell. <laughs> oh no! Come on, lawyer, help me out, dude. God. All right, guys. Hour number two. We are busy. Mitch in Vegas is coming up. Number one song of the day is coming up. Ask Us Anything is coming up. Big 12 teaming up with professional wrestling. Oh. And then to kick off, hour number two will be joined by former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton. I need his lawyer. (laughs) I, I, I need his lawyer perspective and opinion on what the Big 12 did with changing the tiebreaker rule yesterday. Hour to the game and your local news coming up next.